0: Welcome to Plugged and Unplanned. It's Tony Nash, the CEO of Booktopia, back with you again. And I have two guests with the same surname, would you believe? And hold on a second. I just want to read out the title because it's a classic. It's, it's, you, know, you, you see this title and you want to buy the book. You, part two, thriving in the second half of your life. Jane McPherson and Campbell McPherson, Welcome to, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you it's great to be here a ripper of a title who came up with it come on
1: <laughs> actually good questions a, a creative friend of ours as we're going for a
0: walk in the cotswolds said i've got it you part two do it we oh god that, that that's perfect so. yeah that's so great and uh and so it's coming out shortly um uh, in australia it looked like it was the end of august is that the same in the uk yeah. uh no the uk is the 19th yeah, and in, uh, august 31st mm-hmm. in Oz. okay wow so great well welcome to the show so so it's um, it's um, Campbell. You're, you've written book, a book before, and um, mm-hmm. and and so it's it's slightly different um, for Jane because she's a a yoga therapist and teacher. Um, Jane, what was it like to actually sit down and and obviously you're very good at concentrating and, and that's what yoga is about. <laughs> so you obviously <laughs> apply those principles. But was it did it come did the words come easy?
2: Um, the answer is yes they did Tony because I'm I've been a yoga teacher um, for over 16 years now and I've worked a lot with clients who have gone through an enormous amount of change and my job is to help them using yogic techniques to adapt embrace it accept it and and enjoy enjoy it so from a subject matter, it was actually fine. Actually putting pen to paper, no, <laughs> um, that's not one of my strengths. But luckily, Campbell is very good at putting pen to paper. So we just did a lot of discussion about it. And of course, he's been indoctrinated over the last, godless, 29 years, which is how long we've been married, um, on yogic thinking and philosophies, which have really helped me and helped my clients. So he was sort of seeped in it, I guess, <laughs> um, I and then was able to put, obviously, what i wanted to say um into into his words which is which is what is in the book
1: i was well and sat down with it a, with a, i think it was a glass of rosé and said right jane let's talk about yoga change and midlife and she just went off on one and it was fantastic so it, it
0: was about three chapters worth just to, just in the hour conversation had. Yeah, it was great <laughs> terrific and and so let's just talk about that so you you've marked a line in the sand 50 um in terms of part one part two um i mean if it's lord of the rings there could be a part three um 100, 100 to 150 <laughs> <laughs> i think i think there could be or part three might be
1: you know 80 plus but where we where we've marked in the sand a hashette actually that the publishers have. Uh, calls it the 50 years young crowd that they're aiming this at. I think it's anyone. It could be as early as 40. It could be as late as 60. It's, it's when you've, you you realise that you've spent the first half of your life um, rushing around and, and doing important things like like kids and building careers. And then you have a second part, which is building another career, starting your own business. So the kids leave home and it's just a, a seminal watershed
0: moment at whatever age it happens to be. And and I'm just going to bring up. So I've got it handy. The some of the chapter headings here because um, you've kind of broken it down for all of us, so we can we can kind of consume the the, the kind of the, the way that you've thought about it, the way that you're presenting the information. Um, when when you think about all of the parts, you know, this is our time. It's all about change, rethinking the R word. The R word retirement is that. Yes, yeah. that's the one. That's the word that we've had banned in our house for about twelve
1: years. All oh, right, oh, okay. I just, it's to me, it's about fate. retirement. Says fading away, and, uh, and that's the last thing that that we do in our fifties. You know, I, I've started several careers in my forties and fifties. I well, think I'm yeah. on to my fifteenth one at we the sort moment. Of
2: felt it was quite a a dated word, hmm. and particularly from a female perspective. Um, you know, I will always say women never retire. Um, and and that traditional working at one company and then you know getting the gold watch and moving on I think is is completely outdated. Mm. People work very differently these days, and uh, and the word retirement I think is yes it conjures up images which I don't think really exist anymore.
0: Mm. Do you do you actually talk about where the age of retirement actually came from? Did did you research that or is it in the book? No, I didn't actually. Tony,
1: that's really good point. We we didn't look at that. That's that's I, obviously from looking at your face, you
0: have an answer for that. What what uh, you, what is it? <laughs> um, well, I was told, and I don't know, maybe I'm just chunking it down for all of us here. But um, the story that I was told goes something like this: that in 1870, in the German government, uh, the Kaiser Wilhelm had four old cronies in their 70s who were just stopping him getting through all all some of this a lot of the changes that he was trying to get through into the german yeah. economy and so he decided to make the retirement age of 65. so they all had to retire and <laughs> perfect. And so um the average life expectancy in 1870 was 37 years old yes. so yes. that would be like today saying oh you got to retire at the age of 150 or something so um mm-hmm. the um, it was just outrageous, but it just kind of carried on. Now, that's what I've been told. And whether it's true or not, it has been a, great around story. For a long time. Yeah. So, well, uh, like to the point where the average life expectancy and retirement age were kind of very close. But now, as you guys mm. are pointing out to us in your book, it actually goes well, our lives go well oh, yeah. beyond that age.
1: Well that's that's the point so we're living so much longer than than we used to you're right 37 back in back in whatever the 18th 19th century it was not much more than 40 in 1900 and now it's 82 83 is average in the west it's it's high 80s in Japan you know to 87 88 89 almost 90 if you're a, if you're a, a Japanese woman Mm. So, so we live so much longer. We're more vital. We've, we've, we don't want to retire and fade away. We don't want to leave the court. We've
0: got so much more to add in our second half. Can I ask you, given both, both of your backgrounds, then I think this is an important one, um, Jane, you've, you've spent a lot on body work and being supple, and therefore what, what does that do for your well-being and for your, for your life expectancy, for your ability to, to live a full life? Campbell, perhaps you've done a bit more in terms of, um, you know, thinking and and in in the workplace. That combination of the two is interesting for me. Uh, about which one, you know, in the arm wrestle of of you, you know, kind of putting this book together and and are thinking around it. What you know, what what does your intuitive position feel like? Is more important to to make sure that you that you're working on your body because that gives you access to to Greater opportunities, your
2: thinking? Um, Shall I go first? Yeah, please. So, um, from a yoga point of view, yes, the the physical mobility and keeping our strength and our flexibility and dealing with maybe injuries that pop up later on in life that perhaps we ignored in another part of our life. Yes, that's a really important part. But I think the main part of what we're trying, what I try and say in the book is that yoga helps you helps your mind and so if you have a strong flexible body you have you're comfortable you can actually come to a quiet place where you're not distracted by it and and changes that happen to us so i mean perhaps i'll give you an example a client who i've worked with um, was very successful or is a very successful in the corporate world um, but had a terrible bad back And he came to me because of his bad back. But gradually, we worked through the physical side, but it was the mental rest that he got. Um, So he was able to realize that actually... He was striving for something which wasn't making him very happy, which was making him very anxious. He wasn't sleeping. He was drinking too much. And so through the practice of yoga, you come to that place where you actually start to look inwards and you start to reflect on various areas of your life. And so uh, it's sort of not either or it's, it, it, you know, that yoga is a practice of the mind as well as the body. And I think that's equally as important to realise. Mm. Agree with that? No, I
1: agree. And that, that gentleman you were talking about—it's part of the cause of his bad back was the stress and anxiety mm. that his brain was putting him through. Mm. So, so mm. It, it was, it's a double—it's a double whammy. I mean, in in chapter five, I think it is extending our prime. We go through all sorts of interesting ways to be able to extend the longevity of our physical body, like um, some really good ones, like uh, moves to Hawaii uh, or Noosa would would be fun. And uh, that's that's good for you. Be a young mum. Uh, you know, breathe clean air. All sorts of fun things. Vitamin D. We all talk all vitamin D. Gosh, I've been in in the UK twenty two years. I'm saying saying vitamin. Um, and lots of really interesting ways to extend our prime. But in some of the other chapters, we then we then move beyond the physical and say. But a, a, a wonderful what why Japanese people live so long is not just because they eat really well and they exercise well, it's because they have a purpose, they have a contentment, they have a purpose that they call likagai, and we go through that uh, in the book. So the mental and physical is both sides of it, we go through all of that in the book, it's crucial to be able to thrive in the second half of your life is, is yes, eat well. Uh, and 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 be well physically but also be well mentally it's about contentment it's about radical acceptance um, and it's about finding purpose in the second
0: half mm. so do you find that through the pandemic many of us have been in lockdown and we're at this point where we're reevaluating, reassessing what the you know what's ahead <laughs> has um has is that kind of like um I mean obviously your book would be relevant at all times but right now do you is it is it almost like the the, the bell is tolling and in you know, like totally read, read this book
1: well that's when we that's how we wrote it we we wrote it in the, the first lockdown in the UK um, yeah. <laughs> started and uh, I just flown back from Australia actually in February 20 20- 2020. Yeah. And uh, then in March, everyone is still partying here as Australia locked down. And then in April, everyone locked down barely. And I started to write the book, we got the we got the contract from Hachette. And I said, I don't know when we're going to find the time to write this book. <laughs> and then suddenly we were locked down. Oh, we have the time to write this book. And it was all those feelings, all those feelings of anxiety and concern and looking to the future and thinking about what's important. And we probably couldn't have written it without the lockdown. It was it really spurred us on and uh, heightened yeah. our feelings. To be honest, and
2: I, I found um, I obviously had to stop teaching face to face. So as many yoga teachers did, we all went online, and um, certainly the most most of my students were very interested on in how to calm themselves, how to reduce anxiety, because it was frightening or is still frightening, and the changes that were happening around. That we were not in control of was something that we needed to, to accept and cope with and adapt to, and you know, all within four walls of our homes. <laughs> and so I found a lot of my students and myself, we were using yogic techniques to help us to, to, to do that, to you know, to calm ourselves and to have a have a degree of acceptance, even though mm. it was, you know, it was difficult. So the answer is your question. Absolutely. I mean, I think this book cannot come at a better time um, because of the fundamental change that's happening to us all.
0: So when, when I look at the book and I, I have it, um, I have it online here in front of me, twenty twenty six 26 chapters, one for each letter of the alphabet, six parts. Um, <laughs> the, never thought of that. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the, 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 um, do you feel like it's a book where you really do need to start from the beginning and work your way through, like like a a handbook, or can you just simply, you know, calm yourself and then open on a page and it's going to be relevant, like one of those books? And how do you how do you see it? It's in it's in between that. It's
1: certainly a dip in and dip out book. Um, some friends that we've given preview copies to, they 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 read the first uh, the first part, if you like, the whole. This is our time about. It's Only a number and ageism and extending your prime. It's more almost the introduction to the book. And then they've they've gone in and out. You know, they don't want to dip into the money section because it's not quite what they want to be thinking about. But they, oh, that looks interesting. Meaning, purpose, and relevance. I'll dip into that. Or so it is, it is a dippy book. Um, and if you're if you've got parents that are uh aging and about to go through the issue of housing and 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 the labyrinth of aged care as I call it then you'll devour that that chapter which uh, but but mostly mostly it's a dip in and out and think oh that's that's quite interesting and and you, you can see people or friends of mine or friends of ours you can see them They they start reading and then after about two chapters they put it down and they look oh. into the distance and you can see the go oh that's quite resonated that's quite interesting so it's easy to dip in and out of but it's also easy to read it's not a it's not a tome. It's not a how-to manual. Here's, you know. Step one to step twenty-six. It's it's very no, much a discussion. We
2: didn't want a how-to manual. No, we didn't want a no. how-to
1: manual. Even though it says upfront
0: how-to, but that's mm. not, you know, that's what Robinson do
2: with mm.
1: their with their books. So but it's yeah, more so of a you, discussion.
0: You talked about part four, our parents aren't getting any younger. And mm. when I mean that that's quite that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because when we get to our fifties. Um, my mum has passed away. She passed away a bit early at seventy-seven. My dad's still uh, running. He's doing his park runs and he's exercise. Gosh, that's good. Goes to the gym. He's eighty-six years old, um, wow. and so he's, he's quite quite active. Um, that has that. Does that? You know, when you think about this halfway mark and the fifty, and you know, part you, part two, and the the fact that our parents are or getting older now. So therefore it all comes together. So you've kind of written it you've written that part into the book as well in terms of that the fact that we're looking at our parents and how did they spend their part two, as it were, and and what went on for them. There is part reflection of that, of and
1: and it's a good opportunity to talk to parents about yeah, how was your part two? How was your part two for you? But it's also it's an issue like kids coming back home from university and, and try to get on the job and career ladder, it's it's an issue that all of our friends mm. uh, are mm. coping with, or most of them, at some point, that, you know, aged care. And it was an issue, why we put it in the book, to be honest, is we needed to research it because of our parents. Mm. Um, they're not there yet, but they, they will be, and it's something we needed to be informed about. Uh, so once we'd learnt all about it, we thought, okay, this would make a good chapter because everyone in their 50s will will at least want to be or needing to dipping their toe in in this water.
2: Yes, so from a personal point of view, what do we all need to be aware of? Mm. But also from um, at the moment, you know, in your... I would say not only 50s, I would say sort of mid-40s onwards, you know, we can have these issues with... We have... um, Certainly from... I I was always looking, of course, from a female perspective in that, um, you know, this time in our lives, your children, we... You know, maybe have fledged, maybe they haven't, um, um, and very often they're coming back now. But also, we've got this other thing about we've got old, older parents to look after as well. So, as a as someone who was quite looking forward to um, having a bit more freedom, and maybe, that, and I we write about this. You know, when when a woman goes through the menopause, she goes through a lot of changes, and some of them are this is I've done my nurturing bit. It's time for me. Uh, um, and that sounds terribly hedonistic and terribly selfish, but it, it, is, it is part of, of, of changes that we're going through. But there's a bit of a break being put on because the kids are coming back home after maybe going to university. And we have old, older parents who need looking after and need um, help um, to, as Cam says, to, uh, you know, to, um, to move through this labyrinth of aged care. So we're sort of in that. I think we're sort of stuck in the middle a little bit. Mm. Um, so the we talk about a, that
1: quite a lot. That chapter has been a great way for us to mm. be able to start to have conversations with our parents. So mm. uh, uh, three of them together, and they're um, mm. they're well. Uh, uh, but yeah. it's great to be able to start to have those mm. conversations. Which we, without us writing the book, we probably would have delayed. And it. we
2: need to have those <laughs> conversations with our mm. parents. Mm.
0: So what about the the part six the 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 purpose and the tomorrow have you found as you researched it and written about the book and spoke spoken to people that um that what what people were doing in part one or what they what they didn't get to do or that they they really wanted to do um starts to come together for them in in part two and in terms of you really should think about those things that meant a lot to you or do people just go right i'm just clearing the clearing the slate the whiteboard is being left at the office as i get ready for part two and i am i am gonna just i'm gonna redo my bucket list I'm. how do you see that transition from where we've come from and then as it and is it just purely personal some some will wipe it clean and others will will go oh, i really wanted to I really wanted to do law, and I never did it. And I want to go back to uni, and that's just something that I want to. Tick yeah, that there's box. so many people
1: do that. So many people. We've got so many friends who have gone. I've always wanted to do a PhD in marine biology, or you know, one of our friends went and and did a, a PPE, you know, politics. Um, I forgot something in economics, philosophy, philosophy <laughs> economics. You know, just thought right. Oh, and, and I don't think she's going to do anything with it, but she wanted to yeah. to do that degree. So. It's funny you mentioned the bucket list. The bucket list I learnt writing this, the, the several parts of this of this book was, was really quite personal to me. I used to have a bucket list, uh, or the concept of a bucket list was something that I, um, I really valued. And until a very, very good friend of ours uh, contracted um, uh, pancreatic cancer, and when he rang me up and said, Cam, he was 47, so it was 12 years ago now mm. he said cam and i've got pancreatic cancer and instantly i went to bucket list okay that means you've got months uh, maybe not years uh, to live so what do you want to do what do you want to do you want to travel around the world do you want to go and see do, what is it you want to do and he just he just grinned at me even though it was over the phone i could see his grin and he he just said do you know what i just want to take the kids to school i want to take them to rugby i want to take them to cricket i want to be here when they come home uh, from school, because this is what I'm going to miss the most. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that that is the most profound comment anyone's ever, ever said to me. So the whole concept of the bucket list, I think as we get older, uh, we realize men anyway, realize that um, that it really never was that important. And I think most women already know that already. We're just we're just catching up. Mm -hmm. But finding purpose, meaning and relevance is a is a tough chapter for us to write. But because you know, who are we to tell people what their meaning or purpose or whatever in life is? But, but I think it, it starts with a great quote from Confucius which sums up the book, which I'll just look at it. We have, we have two lives and the second life begins when we realise we only have one. And that's, that's the quote from Confucius. In other words, the first half we spent running around and the second half, some people wipe, wipe the slate clean. Others say let's build on the strengths and talents and all the great things that I've done in, in Act One, and that i know because I've got experience. And you know, let's let's put aside the negative things, the embarrassing things, the the, <laughs> the failures. Uh, what can I build on for, for Act Two? And that's what that chapter's
0: all about. Mm. And and then so when when it's been it's you know getting out there. Congrats! You got a an article. I heard in in the paper. Big big spread as the Sunday telegraph
1: was fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so the the
1: photo shoot wasn't fun, but you know, yeah, it was
0: good. (laughs) You've got to do what you've got to do, but the, (laughs) the, so, but the, the whole starting for it's, it's just starting to, um, you know, take traction and and it's going to get out there. What have been some of the initial uh, feedback from maybe from the publisher or people that you gave it to that, that those that are listening to this, um, podcasts are going to go. Yeah, that that really resonates with me. I'm going to I'm going to get a copy of that because I just want to I want, I want to sit and think about that for a little while.
2: Shall I answer that. Yeah, yeah so, for what so, Andrew really liked. Yeah, so so, well, I, well, actually, it's also a couple of um, friends that have read it and students of mine who have known we've been doing this. The reaction has been, I really need this because that I think as well fueled by the by the pandemic and the the environment that we're living in now is has made people really stop and reflect about you know what they they want and and their lives so I think that's been um, part of it so it's very timely this book and that's certainly one of the comments I've got this is this is a great book for now Um, from a uh, uh, female again from my female clients and female students and friends it's like uh, we are talking a lot more now about the sort of changes that women are going through um physical and emotional and there's certainly thank goodness a lot more discussion about that now um certainly there's a lot more people who are talking about menopause and, and challenges that women facing going through those major hormonal changes and and so and our book touches on that as well and then finally from a yoga point of view it's that realization that actually yoga helps us so much to help navigate through all change and um, to be honest with you I hadn't really got my head around this apart from the fact I'm married to someone who consults in change and has done for many years, we realise we do the same thing, mm. is that I help people navigate through change using yoga. You help companies. And individuals navigate change, you know, from a from a more or less, more from a work point of view. So we realised we do actually the same thing. Yeah, that was quite uh,
1: a revelation. Wasn't I it?
2: can just sit in, I can sit down easier than he can get up. I'm very much <laughs> yeah, am so, Yeah, that's the feedback I've had anyway.
1: And, and, and there are two other reasons for, actually three reasons for buying a book. One is the concept of radical acceptance that the Sunday Telegraph features editor just fell in love with. Which is mm. which is positive acceptance on steroids, if you like. It's acceptance with purpose, uh, and that there's, that's that's a whole chapter in, in the book. Um, and uh, the second one is the chapter called Menopause versus Menopause, which was our uh, tongue in cheek way of comparing the profound uh, changes that women go through with the much paler male male midlife crisis of you know buying a buying a red convertible and setting off into the into the sunset uh, and uh, that that actually worked by the way menopause wins uh, hands down but uh, that that chapter is actually really informative because most of it is is from jane and it's uh, also uh you know quite entertaining uh, uh, as well and the third thing is there's a whole section on money because we have to fund this second half somehow. So, so while I'm not a financial advisor, I've been working in and around financial services for most of my lengthy list of, of careers. So we talk about it's an introduction. Again, the whole book's a discussion, a discussion on so how are we going to afford the second half? You know, what is it we want to do? And uh, and there's a few tips in there from a from a financial services insider. So it covers all bases, really. It's a, it's a, it's a pick and mix of why you should buy the book.
0: Mm. so yes so everyone um you part two it's coming out in o- august in australia not that long it's going to be out in the uk in in a few days and we've got the authors here um going by the same surname married for yonks um, <laughs> <laughs> yonks. um yeah so they they know each other very well and they're both change experts. So, so when if you think about this book now and the timing of it, and we talked about the the pandemic and we talk about the relevance today, would if it was published ten years ago, would it be would it still have the same um, traction? Would it, do do you feel like the time is right for us to read a book like this, or or will it be? A seminal title that would just keep be be relevant maybe the ages might part two as i don't know as medication mm-hmm. and you know cryogenic freezing or whatever we do to ourselves to <laughs> to live longer but um like uh, would it have been as relevant back then or were we in a different space
1: i think it's timeless i th- i think it's and and as chapter two is age is only a number, you know, or actually just it's only a number. We don't even use the word age. So Ooh. so I, I think it would be just as relevant 10 years ago, but it's heightened because in the last 18 months, we've all been able to or forced to or had the luxury, if we've had the luxury to sit back and say, whoa, things have really changed. What's important to me going forward? So now is a heightened time, but I think the themes are fairly timeless what do you think I Tammy? think
2: so too I think so too I think um I think it's a very practical book that I think could be used as you say it is timeless because the tips that we give the um the discussions that we have around ageism and meaning and purpose I mean they're age-old discussions Uh, excuse the pun but it's it's it yes I agree I think I think it is timeless I I feel talking to my mother for instance that perhaps some of the information in it she would have welcomed 10 years ago that um that that you know and so she's she's started to read it uh so yes I think it is I think Mm. I think it would be well we hope there's a yes. longevity to it <laughs> but uh, certainly yoga's been around thousands of years and uh and has given people many many um you know um, di- um directions as how to how to reflect and and accept what's happening to them so yes
1: and Fewer and fewer people will be retiring at sixty-five with the gold watch, or even sixty-seven or sixty-eight, or whatever the retirement age is, is crept up to. We want to. We've we, we've we've got lots of vitality. We've got health. We've got ambitions. We we don't want to be told to go and bring our pedalo in from the lake, or go and sit on the bench overlooking the sea. You know, we we we've got stuff to do, and uh, and that's that's what drive, drove us to to write the book on my fifty-fifth birthday three years ago. I was. Suddenly, bombarded with with ads for tenement adult nappies, and and with with financial services companies telling me that that I could now uh, withdraw some of my pen. And the images that I was receiving at fifty five were of lots of old, decrepit people. You know, just uh, that had run out of steam. And I thought, what's going on? I've only just begun. I've just started a new career. What are you talking about? <laughs>
2: I I really hope as well that, and this might be completely utopian here, that younger people might actually pick it up and read it, particularly people who are perhaps, let's say, in the advertising industry who are are communicating to you, Part 2 people. When you read a book like this, you become acutely aware of patronising information that comes out for people... In from their mid forties, advertising. Um, we we looked at that. We we both were brought short up by an ad which was focusing on sort of starting your own business, wasn't it? Mm. And it was all young people in the ads, you know, running around with. Laptops and phones and looking official and business-like. There was no one over the age of twenty-five.
1: Yeah, and, at, yet, and yet half of all small businesses are run by people age uh, fifty and over, and older entrepreneurs are more successful. successful so this, more successful. This, this it was a new bank that was just out to get entrepreneurs and small business people, mm-hmm. and everyone was a uh, was 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 tw- their, their late twenties. And I thought, what's what's going on here? <laughs> and then there was another a, a company over here. Oh, I won't mention their name. It was a no. retirement financial services company and they tried they came out with a picture of a of a a 60 year old on a harley but it was but but even that got me angry because the 60 year old wasn't that well didn't didn't look very healthy and he looked as though he was just about to drive off and have an accident you know why didn't <laughs> they put him next to a 20 a something and the two of them were going to go off and, and explore something together and so so inter- interestingly quite a few companies have have already contacted us to say, how should, we, how should we market to 50 pluses? Because they, they own 75% of the wealth and yet only attract 5% of the advertising dollar. They're the largest section of the population and they're growing the fastest. I think I mentioned in one part of the book that if they were, a, if they were a, an actual nation in, its, in their own right, they'd be the third largest GDP in the world. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we, we have the money, we have the experience, we have the power. This is a, a generation. And yet, so many marketers and companies are Ignore. treating us like we're um, we need to go and sit in the corner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about um, people like myself, who I'm 58, I started Booktopia when I was 41. Um, I think yep. when I turned 50, um, our revenue would have been something like 25 million, um, and now it's 220 million. Um, so a lot has happened since I was 50. And mm. certainly since I was forty. So, but do you think it's more of, of, um, stripping away um, and getting back to the core rather than like, just in, I'm just trying to work out: do I, to notice the shift and to to pivot? Is it, is it just clearing the crap away so you can still see where you're heading and it's it's all in the same direction, or is it, no, no, you you're going to actually pivot and you're going to. You're taking a deviation of where wherever you were heading. You're actually going to shift a little, and you're going to move over there by doing yoga, or even just stretching, or or um, going for a walk. Or <laughs> how do you feel? Like we're all sitting, you know, those of us that are listening and and considering this. Um, it, it doesn't sound like it's a big stretch. It just sounds like it's a re a recalibration
1: in other words how do you gain clarity is really what what i think you're asking we should probably ask you you
0: yes, you pivoted absolutely. your
1: business did, from what i understand to to being an online bookseller to also being the online distribution partner for half of the industry what what how did you get the clarity that that was a good idea because it was a great idea
0: yeah i won't say half of the industry but that's where we're heading in terms of being a distributor <laughs> and a publisher uh, that was um that came about, the, for me, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask. And so uh, in that instance, the question I asked was, what is it about some companies in North America and Europe that are flourishing when Amazon is already in a mature state? Because Amazon was hadn't come Great to Australia question. yet. And so, so everywhere I looked, it's because they focused on one thing and did it well. And that then made me realize that... Um, we have got to get deeper into this and therefore the distribution and the publishing took me closer to the author. Um, mm. we, we control, we we moved from being a retailer, um, in, in Australia and the biggest now to being at the central core of the industry. So therefore mm. everything is, is like the solar system. The sun is in the center and everything rotates around that. So that was the, yeah. that was kind of the way that I went about considering what our, what our pathway was, um, and so it's slight, slightly different to this um I mean, my wife and i were we're in lockdown here in Sydney at the moment, so we're yep. we're having a crack at losing some weight, getting fit um we're both going through that you know the big spread in terms of you know our our weight um menopause for my wife, and for me, uh, when I was younger, I could start dieting and exercising, and the weight would just fall away yeah not at the moment it's like just you got <laughs> patience is a virtue right so there's a so the whole thing is is that we want it fast you know, like when you're young you want it fast and, and that doesn't come as fast when you when you're over 50 so it's but i can i can see that many of us have have had to had to reevaluate what we want and therefore your book is very timely and and that's why I cu- i'm curious to know what are the, some of the great thought-provoking questions and contemplations to then, you know, try and make sense of it all. So it's like, well, if you just sit, just go out on a walk and look at the water or how, you know, just put your hand on a tree and just think about this or um, go to a cemetery and, and have a conversation with, you know, some of the people that I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how do you you find your way into that spot where you, where you feel like you're you can kind of make some headway and 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 then make some of those big de- our life is if we think about it how many big decisions have we made in our lives be it to go traveling to to do that and then you met the love of your life or you had that experience mm. i mean it's it's those points that when when you made you were confronted with this road or that road and you chose that road do you mm. see where i'm coming from
1: it's a i I think I do. I think the relevance in the book is, is you can't make any decisions like that with a with a cluttered mind.
2: You, know? you can't. And I think what you're talking about as well is some change happens to us and we have to make decisions. Um, maybe ill health causes us to leave our jobs and, and rethink about what we want to do. Um, and some change we instigate ourselves. We are in, more in control. Um, so from what you were describing with Booktopia, you know you made some very active decisions on your, the change in your business, the direction of your business, given the environment that you were working within. So uh, in our, my experience, I work with people who have had change happen to them. They haven't chosen that change and that has caused them to stop and to... Yes, yeah, so meditation is very much part of a practice Which, as you said, you know, whether you're walking, you can walk. We can meditate and walk at the same time, and just put the mobile phone down for a moment and stop the noise and actually take a few long, deep breaths, and actually come back into you. (laughs) And and you and it is amazing if you just stay still and sit still and breathe and just settle down. And it can take a while, and it can take practice. It needs practice as well. You actually come to that place where. You feel peaceful. You feel calm, and you can start to reflect without all that noise happening that's blocking your 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 focus. Um, and I'll go all oh, yoga, your inner truth. Really, what is really important to you? You can actually start to listen, and. That's what the philosophy of yoga is based on. That it is not about dressing in the latest lycra and being able to touch your toes, and 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 you know twisting yourself into all sorts of weird and wonderful shapes. That is not what yoga is about. Yoga is about calming. The chatterings of the mind as one of the gurus have said before that it is we are we have a lot of mind chatter we have a lot of mind um, negativity we have a lot of mind thought processes that spiral us and can actually suck us into a vortex where we can't actually think clearly and straightforwardly we certainly can't reflect we certainly can't breathe the air we certainly can't notice the tree that we're touching because our mind is so cluttered with everything else so Yoga and and um, this is what we try to um, infuse, please. yeah, infuse in the book is is can help us calm and get us to that place so we can start to make some decisions and be perhaps a little bit more in control of the decisions that that we know are going to be right for us. Does that answer the that question? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. i yeah.
0: For those, this is an audio, even though we're looking at each other. I'm very contemplative <laughs> as you're talking about this because the whole. To get going on a diet, for example, and just getting, getting into action takes a lot of changing of what you were doing before and, and Mm -hmm. also surrendering Mm -hmm. to the process and, and, and allowing things to be, it's not, it's not easy, but once you're on it, it gets easier. So it's, it's a, it's a funny thing. That's why when you think about, there's just so many things that are going on in my head about, about, you know, what's going on in my life. That mm. Is, mm. is really relevant.
1: So It's we, also we, about being kind to yourself as well as 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 when you embark on big change or changes is done to you. It's 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 about being kind to yourself. You know, I when it comes to dieting, I'm, I'm exactly the same as you, except I'm not kind to myself. I get I get angry and disappointed and frustrated. And you know, how did you let yourself go like this, camel? What have you? You, you used to be skinny. 50 years ago you know what's what's going on so um, being kind to yourself is also <laughs>
0: I, think, through yeah, the board. I
2: think as well i i run uh, workshops at the, in the new year and <laughs> they're always around so people have new year's resolutions and it always talks about i need to lose weight or i need to give up smoking or i need to stop doing something um from a yogic point of view, we, we say that's that assumes that you are not good enough right now. So let's take one step back here and do something called develop a sankalpa. And this is in the book. I'm not going to go into too much detail. But it comes back to why do you want to lose weight? So if you go back a layer, it's I love my body or I respect my body or I... I feel good about my body. We go we go back we put it in a positive um affirmation and we take it in the present tense. So rather than I need to lose weight, it's I love and respect my body. Because you love and respect your body, you're not going to put rubbish into it. And so do you see what I mean? It comes back to this I, I deep inner inner resolution if you like, not a resolution which probably by the end of January you've given up or, you know, gym memberships benefit greatly don't they in january and by the end of january the gyms empty. are empty <laughs> so um so again we we're, we're we're saying you know if you use this time you know we we mm. take that at uh, that that time to reflect on why we want to lose weight what is behind that
1: but based on a positivity that, it's
2: based on a positive
1: and what's within yeah,
2: you
0: yeah, yeah i really yeah, like that yeah really so
2: like that. it's 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 changing that slightly
0: i think everyone can hear that i'm getting a Important lesson, <laughs> life lesson. We're coming to the end of we coming to the end of our time, and I I um I'm curious. Is there anything like if you think about the book you guys have written it that I haven't talked about or touched on? Is there something that you just want to share with us now?
1: Let me have a look. I'm just skimming through as you uh, uh, as you ask. Um, there is a bit in there actually for for people who want to start their own business. So that's that's probably worthwhile flagging, mm-hmm. and it's a very simple. Uh, some simple advice and some stories from some second half entrepreneurs uh, that we know really well. One who started uh, a new business at 40 like you did, another at 50 and another at 60. And um, and so interesting to see how they did did that. So that's that's probably a, one worth talking about. Obviously a lot about um, how to overcome barriers of, uh, to change. And the changing relationships part is really important because the relationships with each other is changing, but also the relationships with yourself is changing. So Jane takes us through some really good uh, yogic philosophies called the yamas about how to look at and reflect upon the relationship you have with yourself. Yeah. So that's, that's a good. And how chapter.
2: to nourish yourself. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I have a question for you, Tony.
0: <laughs> yes, go go on Jane.
2: How do you feel? in your part too how are you feeling about it all
0: look i'm in a very uh, fortunate position booktopia has, has done extremely well and mm. it's been um, right from when i started my first company 25 years ago the the journey so quarter of a century of running my own business, businesses working for myself after after so much um that we've struggled with or the challenges that have been delivered to us that we've continued to persevere and and ultimately um that's gone well so that puts us um my family because i'm in business with my brother and my brother-in-law my sister um my brother's retired now so the the family has kind of gone on a journey together where we've accomplished Mm -hmm. a lot Uh, so from that aspect it does change a lot a lot of things it doesn't mean that You've got teenagers who, you know, you, if you who are going off the rails and struggling, or, or um, there's things go like the pandemic, and you worry about your people that are working for you. There's always mm. something that you mm. that that can that that can come out of left field, that can throw you off. But ultimately, um, there's a great. I have a great sense of contentment. But if I if I go back before Booktopia was that big, I was already quite. Um, centered I, I was i was I, I wasn't ruffled by um the storm i i was i was ve- my base was low in terms of it wasn't going to knock me over i could get back upright again my i guess the lead in my keel if i capsized i yeah. i could easily write myself up so mm. so um there's there was already um quite a, a sense of of Um, certainty around things what I did discover which was quite helpful uh, four years ago was when my wife um, um, realized that my son which is her stepson uh, something was going on for him and he got diagnosed with ADHD and it was um, after he was diagnosed went on medication and um, a huge huge shift happened that she said I think you've got it as well I went to the psychiatrist and he initially he said there's no way but then he met with my wife and then he said you definitely have adhd um and so it was that it was that kind of like uh, you know oh so that's why i was so hopeless at that and that's why i did those things and, and so mm-hmm. that, that those kind of um insights um to how you op- operate just mm. it's almost like the curtain was raised and you got to take a look at the back of of the show to see how it all happened. So that was, that was really mm. helpful. So I think the more work that I've done on myself over the years to get greater insight um, and how I operate uh, has been important. That's why this kind of conversation is, is really helpful for me. Um, I know it's, you know, it's you part two is the book, but is today has being more me part two. I'm so sorry for the listeners. feels like, you know, you realize that Tony's had a therapy session here and, and I'm <laughs> the better for it. But um, I think that's what we all want. We all want to, we, we, we're not sitting at home or we're not going traveling to work or we're not going, how can I really sabotage my life and completely crash and burn? Like some, obviously it looks like some people are doing that, but most of us in part two, it's like, no, no. Well, mm. what can we do to really capitalize on everything that we've ever done before to, mm. to live as rich a life? And I'm not talking about financial, just as rich a life no. in terms of how you spend mm. your day mm. as possible, that that seems to me. That's mm. a great question. Are we, any others before we close out? I, this has become a bit of a ritual now at the end where you the author gets to to um, interview. To the,
1: interrogate yeah. Tony. <laughs> No, thank you. It's been it's it's been a great conversation. Thank you for sharing by the way. Uh that's that's really helpful because that's that's what the book is about. The book is about uh contemplation, reflection and then getting the positivity and the motivation to make the second half of our life as marvelous as possible. It doesn't mean it's going to be all perfect. There's going to be lots of there's be tragedy, there'll be horror, there'll be there'll be moments of bliss um but but it's to be able to thrive during the whole lot of it
2: mm.
0: so so any anything else to before we close out that you need to impart on us mere mortals
1: <laughs> mere mortals <laughs> <laughs> well, read the book. And send us send us a question. Send us a, log on to, you- to new hyphen part hyphen I think. would
2: love to know yeah. what everybody thinks about it and, and does it help you and does it um give you inspiration or does it frustrate you or does you know are you shouting at it or do you embrace it or you know let us know what you think about it please because share your um, stories. these are these are our stories this is our this is our experience and our training has helped us write this book but you know we don't have the answers we just put down what's helped us and certainly what's I found well and what's helped your clients and what's helped my, mm. my clients as well. So um please tell us what you think.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, um guys, because uh you're you're in the UK, you're working with UK customers and clients, and you've got friends over yeah. there. Can okay, we? Well, you're mm. from Australia originally, but you've been over there. Um We both met in Sydney 30 years ago. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. So you but the fact that this is more this is um that, that kind of request to let you know this is a global thing and if it was written in another language um, and you didn't even speak that language but someone translated your book I can tell that what you're what the, you know, what you're inviting us to do to read the book and to consider the the next phase of your life if that's where you're up to or even if you're not even there yet to start thinking about it so you've you've already got some, some structure mental structure or or a plan yeah um yeah. that it's a global it's actually a global uh, invitation uh, not just simply for the uk uh, and i Definitely. think that's that's, that's probably the most important uh, point uh, of all mm-hmm. so congrats on the book you part two. thank you um if everyone get into your local bookstore if they don't have it make sure they get it um, get online booktopia or anywhere else uh, buy the book uh, thriving in the second half of your life, Jane McPherson, Campbell McPherson. Thank you for your time, and we look forward to fifty years from now when we do uh, part three. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Thanks, Tony. Tony. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget.